Maria Damon has an intriguing way of describing the stick-in-your-eye poetry movement known as FLARF. If laugh were an F word, it would be FLARF because it sounds like laugh, larf, fluffy, this kind of overly cutesy, weird, nonsense, baby talk. Sounds like freak. It sounds like fart. Sounds like barf. It just (laughs) collapses everything that's both endearingly sort of cuddly and funny and ridiculous and adolescent scatological humor at its you know, at its most unabashed. Damon is a professor of English literature at the University of Minnesota. On this summer night, she's sitting across the table from the poet Elizabeth Workman. For me, Flarf opens up so many possibilities in poetry and with language, too. So for me, it's, it's awesome bad. <laughs> the Flarf List Collective started in 2001 with a poem by Gary Sullivan, It begins like this. Oh, yeah, baby, gonna shake and bake, then take all your money, honey. Tee-hee. Flarf has been poking a stick at everything overtly poetic, precious, or profound ever since. So how do you you know if something is Flarf or or just bad poetry? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, it depends on who wrote it. Um, and the intent, I would say, more than who wrote it. Uh, The thing about Flarf is it's very knowing. It's not bad poetry that thinks it's good. Flarfies, as Damon calls them, tend to be poetry insiders and beyond bookish. Workman's poetry recently earned her a McKnight grant. You are an accomplished poet. You just received this amazing grant to do your work. Will you practice Flarf exclusively moving forward, or do you do a combination of different types of poetry? The line kind of blurs for me, because I think before I was even part of the Flarf Collective, um, the way I worked in poetry was um, I was interested in the inappropriate. I was interested in the, the quote-unquote ugly, um, the irreverent, the awkward That interest explains how Workman and Damon came to be the Twin Cities, Twin Flarfies. I actually adore stuff that other people wince at. That's one reason I cherish Flarf so much, because here are some very highly accomplished poets who embrace whatever is considered to be just the, you know, the the bottom feeding in the poetry world. Um, they embrace it wholeheartedly and with a kind of zest and affection um, that I feel very sincerely about this poetry. And so it was like I found my people. Flarf poetry spreads via the Internet and at readings held at places like the Walker Art Center. Flarf has even landed on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Yet there are only about 30 Flarfies in the country. It was a huge honor to be invited to be a part of the group because really the most interesting poets, right, living poets right now are part of this collective. Much of Flarf's inspiration draws from blogs and web searches. Today, what Roger's thesaurus is to beginning poets, Google is to Flarf. Google sculpting is, is, the, is the phrase used to describe the process by which a lot of Flarf poems are created. It's not the only mechanism for creating Flarf poems, but it is... A dominant one. Um, so, for example, entering the words um, reverence plus dwarf plus queefing results in a poem <laughs> that I recently wrote about being pregnant. 
that particular poem might curdle the public airwaves. Still, I, I would I would love to hear an original Elizabeth Workman. Yeah, <laughs> let's. Can you read my favorite one by you? Yeah, I'll read the Ars Poetica. So I think this is this is going to begin the collection. <clears throat> Visualize a forest, coppery violet pulsating. Inside the forest is a looking egg. Peering into a little porthole at the end of the egg is a zealot. Inside the zealot is an antichrist. Inside the antichrist, poetry. It's so unbelievable, that last line, poetry. It's like, okay, I don't have to write another word for the rest of my life because you just said it all. To hear more Flarf poems, search for F-L-A-R-F at YouTube.com. For KFAI, I'm Diane Richard.